What's going on, everybody? It's another uh, another week, another good uh, good evening to have a show. We're so happy to be here on our normal day. Uh, you know, so kind of weird. Cardell, happy to have you back in studio. Been a while, man. Feel like Too you, long. you said it felt like you was out for like a month, right? I, I, I pretty much was. You know, but uh, we told you guys March was going to be pretty busy. It has been. It's going to continue to be. Uh, got a weekend change left, and we got April. Uh, NBA playoffs going to be here soon. Um, man, MLS season is, I mean, it started a little bit, but because DC United has been away away. Mm-hmm. Um, they played their first home from home match this past weekend, which they won. It was kind of cool. Uh, like seventh minute stoppage time, like 20 seconds left. Acosta got the equalizer, so that was cool. Uh, they still have yet to win first game of the season. Uh, for all those folks waiting to see what Audi Park looks like, that big new stadium they're working on over there near Nats Park. July 14th is the day. Uh, but that being said, man, uh, we've been doing, courtesy of Cardell, uh, Damo's been, uh, you know, helping a little bit. We got a chance to vote uh, this afternoon. Um, man, these high school rankings, yep. coach of the year and player of the year for both the boys and the girls. So without further ado, Cardell, the floor is yours. Okay, like you said, we all took a vote earlier today. And uh, I'm going to start off with the girl on the girls' side. Uh, the high school girls basketball coach of the year is Fred Swick. Yeah. Head coach for Poolsville. Um, they finished the season 27 and 0, yeah. and won their first of a Maryland State 2A uh, state championship. Uh, they beat Queen Anne by 40 points, 63-23. Um, Yikes. Yeah. Got to reward winning. Exactly. Got to. Right? <laughs> hey, you know, much deserved. And um, the girls player of the year, y'all will hear a lot about her in the upcoming years. Uh, St. John's freshman, AZ Fudd. Led St. John's to a 32-2 and record. Um, she They won the WCAC and DCS AA championships. And as a true freshman, she was named WCAC Player of the Year. So it's only going to get worse as it's going to <laughs> As a like freshman. Yeah. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. Like you hear her name at least three, at least two of the three, three, three more years coming up. Yeah. yeah. Maybe three for three. We'll see how to go. As long wow. as Geno stay away, we good. Um, we'll go on, uh, <laughs> she got to stay in town, man. She <laughs> can't leave. Yeah, exactly. Why y'all going to take my fun away? Come on, man. Hey, man. Y'all got enough. On, we, y'all beat teams by <laughs> right. 100. Didn't y'all moment. just get 140 on somebody? Yeah. No comment. Okay. Right, right, moving Y'all on. Good. <laughs> uh, moving on, on the boys' side, um, boys' basketball coach of the year, uh, new coach, uh, Mike Powell, Archbishop Carroll. Well deserved at the last season, the 16 17 season, Archbishop Carroll. They finished 0 22, 0 17 in WCAC league play. Uh, he turned it around where they finished 17 13 his first year this season. So, I mean, much credit to him, man. That was a hell of a coaching job, what he did. That's man. why he got my vote. Right, no doubt. <laughs> and um, boys basketball player of the year, like I said, we all voted. Y'all got to be sending to the entire focus. Don't be in here like I'm the only one voting. <laughs> um, don't don't write me. <laughs> um, you know, Earl Timberlake, sophomore guard from DeMatha, you know, helped lead the stats to a 32-5 and five record. And they put off the trifecta. They won the WCAC, the Ombra. And the private school championships this season, so Not you know, you know, as a sophomore to do all that, what more can you say? Well deserved. Man. Look, man, uh, and for those that are about to go at Cardell, yeah, we also voted, but uh, <laughs> look, man, you got to reward winning. You know, you, you just have to. I think people get away from that. It's always about stats, and that's cool. But like my, you know, AAU coach said, if you're not winning, what does it mean? It doesn't mean Absolutely anything. At least here, nothing. for this outlet, it doesn't mean anything. Like we give you a pat on the back. Cool. Great Drop game. 30. <laughs> but if you're also in the stands or watching the championship game like we were, you know. It's I mean, work to be done. Doesn't matter. <laughs> I don't know. So, 
that you guys have it. Man, um, I'm still stuck on that, that 0 and 22, 17 yeah. and 13. Like I said, I, I read that and that initially jumped out. I was like, all right, well, let me read the rest of the list. I mean, a little bit more homework, but that's crazy in that conference. Like, yeah, um, look, man, I mean, he has a nice pedigree, uh, all met player. Um, I think he went to UVA his freshman year, then he transferred with the assistant to uh, Loyola in Maryland. Went to work there, had a trial with the Lakers, so he's been around winning situations all his life. So, um, and then, you know, before he came to our Bishop Carroll, he was at Sidwell, he was assistant at Sidwell, and they always knock off national powers. So, I mean, he just brought a winning mentality. That's what it takes, man. No, you know, discipline, no shortcuts, no excuses. You know, I mean, and that's a great testament because, I mean, when I, I mean, 0 22 is hard. You know, it's, it's hard. It's there, that's rough. And to, to have that success in his first year is going to attract more talent so they can try to build off that. That's what it's about, man. I mean, much respect to him. I didn't have a chance to catch up to him this season, but I will definitely next season, maybe this summer. So um, definitely keep an eye on him, but it's well deserved. Definitely, definitely. All right, so our guest this evening, we have Chris Martin here with us. So, uh, first off, how you doing this evening, sir? I'm doing well. How's everyone doing? Yeah, I'm good. That's good. Happy that you're able to get in throughout the weather. Oh, yeah. Outside. Glad to be here. <laughs> yeah, it's always it's happens. not that bad. Yeah. Every Tuesday. <laughs> Every Tuesday this happens. Yeah. <laughs> well, you, I mean, it's, it started as rain. It's just now starting to pick up a yeah, little bit of snow. snow. Yeah. So, we'll see. But my part of Virginia, I woke up to hell. Oh. It was light hell, but, you know. Hell nonetheless. <laughs> I'm way out there somewhere, though. <laughs> so, uh, Cardell, the floor is yours. Um. Chris, what motivated you to even begin with the company, see Marty Fit? Uh, probably two things. Uh, one thing, just uh, I really believe that uh, if God, he bless you with health, um, you know, he bless you with the body, you might as well take care of it. Uh, right. So I feel like if you have a body, you're an athlete. Um, everyone can be a part of fitness, uh, no matter what fitness level. And then another part was just uh, just me being a basketball player, just the stuff that I learned. Uh, through sports, um, just the lessons, uh, the habits I picked up, um, and I transfer that to my business. I transfer that to the gym, and um, so that's part of the reason I probably moved so fast in less than a year. It's probably been about ten months. So yeah, that's that's what motivates me. Um, how did playing basketball um, in the WCC college create that foundation where, um, you know, when you step inside, you know, the trenches as far as training. Mm-hmm. You know exactly what to do with different clients, whether they play at, they have an athletic background or not. Mm-hmm. You know how did all that you know establish that foundation for you? Uh, two things. First of all, um, just playing in this area, period, is just competitive. It's going right. to make you compete. I mean, so I, so from 13, 14 years old, playing on DC Assault, playing in D and uh, WCAC, I just learned how to compete. Um, like every night, you playing against McDonald's All American, NBA player, All Met player. Uh, so I didn't have any nights off in the WCAC. And then the college part, my college career was completely different from what I thought it would be. Uh, I went to three Division One schools, had a mediocre career, and college was rough. Man. I had to compete. Um, so like, I transferred that to college, and um, it's, it's a dog-eat-dog world in college. Yeah. It's completely different. So, uh, you know, I did what I could with it, and, um, you know, I just kept that competitive spirit transfer that energy into a different lane and uh it's going well for me so far okay one thing i'm noticing especially in basketball on the men's and women's girls and boys side uh, it's a number of athletes going down a lot with leg injuries mm-hmm. knee achilles ankle and they're going out for a long time even mm-hmm. though with the advances 
you know, training, nutrition, and all that. Yeah. Um, from from your, from what you can tell, what 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 is the issue with that? What do you what do you feel is the core of that? Well, um, actually, you know, being in this field that I'm in, going to three schools is a blessing because I saw three different strength programs, three different coaching philosophies on just taking care of the body, and um, you know, from what I've seen, uh, a lot of coaches, it's just like. Go, 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 go. Practice, 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 practice. Game, game, game. Travel. And some places we don't really take care of our bodies. So, um, and then some programs do take care of their bodies. And um, I just feel like coaches need to get educated on that more. Like sometimes you'll have an athletic trainer who'll be like, hey, coach, we need to do this. We need to take an hour out of the day to stretch or, you know, just treatment. Sometimes coach will be like, nope. (laughs) <laughs> we got to get shots up. We got to get ready for this game, which I understand because he got his job on the line. Uh, it's, it's competitive, so um, it's, it need, there needs to be a balance. That's what I think it is. And, um, like, I, I'm with the St. John's versus McNamara game. I saw, like, they had the uh, the foam rollers. They had the fans right. to stretch. We didn't have that in high school. Yeah. So I do see, you know, a transition from not doing anything to, you know, taking more care of the body. Um like I see from college to high school, they definitely doing it in the pros as well. Um, what's the difference between training, you know, clients that work nine to fives compared to athletes where this is their full time job? Um, I'd probably say the nine to five is it's, uh, you have to motivate them more uh, because the gym is it isn't a part of everyone's lives, and some people feel like they don't need it, and sometimes you might not need it, but it is just healthy to do something, and then. Uh, people got to realize there's a goal and you got to sacrifice, you got to work for it. So if you have someone with a nine to five who who never played a sport, they might not get that at first. So that's my job, come and motivate them, um, light a fire under them, basically. With athletes, um, they understand, they know the work they got to put in. It's just you got to make them do it, right. you know. So, yeah. What do you do in a time where it's, it seems like training overload, there's so many trainers everywhere. What do you mm-hmm. do to kind of stand out from the rest? where, you know, a lot of clients will be like, I want to go to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just, like, I, I'm young, you know, so I can relate to a lot of, a lot of my clients are around my age, so I can relate to them, at least to that audience. And then uh, the my older audience, my older clientele, they, um, you know, I just be myself. You know, I bring a lot of good energy. Uh, a lot of people train with me after they get off work. You know, they don't want to come to a boring trainer after they've been at work all day. So, um, you know, I just try to brighten their day up. I try to make it as fun as possible. And, um, you know, I just, I'm just myself. You know, any, like when I was in college, any basketball team I've been on, you can ask any of my teammates, any of my friends, I was like the goofy dude. You know, I had the bus laughing. I had the warm-up lines lit, you know, dancing all the time. So I just, you know, I'm myself. I bring my energy. Every trainer isn't like that. So, um, you know, that's why a lot of people stick with me and probably why I've been moving so fast so far. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, for athletes. What do you recommend as far as nutrition? What should they eat and the proper rest so, mm-hmm. you know, it can help with their regimen so they won't break down the game? Mm-hmm. Yeah, part of that, uh, the, the easiest is probably just, you know, drink as much water as you can, stay hydrated, uh, get your electrolytes, uh, like with Gatorade, and then um, eat a lot of protein. Uh, you know, protein builds muscles. Uh, the whole season, you're breaking your muscles down. Uh, you're going to be sore. So, you know, just get as much protein as you can to build that muscle tissue back up. Uh, yeah, it's probably it's simple, right? Uh, in any field, you know, it's, as much as you may know, there's a lot to be learned. 
Uh, who do you kind of look to or, you know, follow to help you keep improving as a trainer? Uh, I watch a lot of people, right? You know, so I watch uh, uh, some some hardcore fitness people like Jeff Logan, Chris Harrier, and then I, I watch sports people. Um, I look up to my uncle. He ha- uh, he has DNT Fitness. I work under him sometimes as his assistant. I look up to uh, Toby with ETC Champions, um, you know, I just ask them questions all the time. They they inspire me. Um, and then I know uh, Jimmy Butler's guy, uh, what is it, like stack training or something. I, I, you know, I look at a lot of stuff. Um, I'm always open to learning. You know, I've learned a lot in the past year. Of course, I can learn more. So, you know, I watch a whole bunch of people. That's just a few I named off the top. Okay. Down the line, where do you see C. Marty fit? Um, where do you hope to see C. Marty fit? I hope to see it. Definitely nationally, uh, you know, but um, international. I, I want to go as big as I can with this because um, I've moved fast so far. Never had a nine to five. I kind of got into this shortly after college, so it'll be a blessing if I can keep it going. So definitely internationally with it. Okay. All right. So I had a, I had a few questions. I had a few questions for you. Mm-hmm. Probably hoping my mic was on. <laughs> so uh, you talk about your experience in college. Mm-hmm. Um, I was really competitive. You said it wasn't the greatest thing. Man. <laughs> <laughs> but how has that helped shape how you train? You know, going through that, coming out on the other side when, you know, like Cardell mentioned, mm-hmm. you have different type of clients on the opposite ends of the spectrum. Right. So I uh, basically college was um, I learned that, you know, you really you might think it's hard, but it could get a lot worse. You know, so uh, we're going to have obstacles in life. So I, I tell my clients, I try to relate real life to training. You know, you're going to have an obstacle. You might hit a plateau. You might think you did everything you can. You might not see the result. But you might have to do more. You might have to put a little more work in, uh, you know, just to get to where you want to get to. All right. If you can pick out one, if you can't, that's fine. If you could think about uh, a story with a client, which, you know, you were talking about sometimes you plateau and breaking through to, to hit that goal. Um, is there one that, that stands out to you a little bit more than others? Uh, man, I, I got a few client stories. Um, definitely one. Uh, she came to me. I'm not going to say her name. <laughs> but she came to me. You know, she was a little overweight. And um, she just had no clue, you know, what to do. And she, uh, she thought walking on the treadmill was enough, uh, was working out. And uh, there were times where she quit. She thought she couldn't lose weight. And, you know, I, I had to blow her phone up. I'm sending her articles. I'm calling her. I'm sending her Instagram videos, Instagram models, trying to motivate her. And, you know, finally she broke through. Um, she started getting a, understanding the routine, changing her diet. And she ended up losing, like, 25 pounds with me. So shout out to her. She know who she is if she's listening. But I'm not going to say her name. Yeah. All right. Um, and then, you know, we talk about this all the time. Um, you know, as a former athlete, you're a former athlete. Uh, sometimes when when players you know realize that they may not make it to mm-hmm. that next level and don't realize how to stick around a sport or be involved in sports, um, if you could is a selling point. How would you how would you recommend uh, getting a trainer or getting into to taking care of your body, um, nutrition or whatnot to a to a person that wants to stay around, um, you know, athletes. Right. The first you talking about just with training specifically or just. Staying around, train specifically. Um, honestly, the first thing I would say is stay in shape because that's how I got into it. People saw me staying in shape. They saw me in the gym committed every day. And uh, someone approached me about the opportunity, and it happened. So I say stay in shape because you need to practice what you preach. Uh, so when, you, when you're when trying to get people to change their lifestyle, they need to um, 
they need to see they need to see you do it. They need to they need something they can believe. Mm-hmm. You can go up there and say whatever you want, <laughs> but if you're not practicing that, how do they know what you're talking about? So, yeah. All right, Carter, you got anything else for us? I do have a, another question for okay. you. What was the hardest transition? Like you said, you played in the WCC, DC Assault. Mm-hmm. What was the hardest transition coming from that to college? Because a lot of kids need to understand, like, just because you might have been nice at those levels and guarantees nothing in college. Yeah. Um, it, was def- it was two situations. So the first, I got the Marshall. Um, I, had the, I had seniors in front of me. You know, I, I'm not sure if y'all remember who DeAndre Kane is. But um, he ended up transferring to Iowa State and had a crazy season there. But, you know, that's one of the people I was behind. That's one of the people I had to go against in practice every day. And he, he, he kicked my butt every day. He's a point guard. He's 6'4", uh, 210 pounds. And, um, and he wasn't the only guy. You know, I, I had three, three, at least three seniors in front of me, and they just, they just destroyed me every day. But it made me tougher. Um, so – you could be that guy in high school, but I mean, college. This is another animal. Guys are stronger. Those are grown men. Guys yeah. are stronger. They're faster. They their IQ is higher. They they just know the game better. And then if they're familiar with the coach, uh, you know, just be ready. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> All right. Hey, look, we want to thank you uh, for sharing your time with us this evening. Yeah. You're not leaving though, because nobody's allowed to leave. <laughs> no. Any visit here to the focus without hey, I like to fire. talk and talk all day. So that's Great. Cool. Hey, look, keep that same energy. For that. <laughs> we got that coming up towards the end of the show, but we're gonna take a quick break. When we get back, we got our weekly wizard segment. You're watching the focus. We'll be right back. How important was it to the playoff implications? Yeah, it was. It was a good win for us, knowing that. That would be the the case, you know. We only played three times and we split um, first two games, so it was good. You know, if we do get in the situation, we definitely will have the tiebreaker with the Pacers. Um, they're banged up, but you know, we wanted to come out here and get the win. I thought we did a good job. Um, we had some lapses on on the defensive end uh, that we have to clean up, but. Um, Overall, a good win, a lot of good passing, 29 to 29 assists. I thought uh, Thomas and Brad, uh, our starters, did a great job of really setting the tone and playing good basketball. And then we've had some defensive laps that we have to clean up. Uh, Court Todd had to get more points today than he had in the last four combined. What did he do with us for the match? Yeah, he was... Um, Works hard on his free throws. It's good to see that he made all, all six of them. But I thought our guys, when he sets the screens and rolls, and they have to make tough decisions, and he's, he finished tonight. You know, it's uh, something he's been working on. Uh, and he still, you know, I thought he was terrific. He could have easily played more minutes, but they played super small at the end, in the fourth quarter. So, and then we had a, a pretty good lead, so I didn't have to put him back in. But he could easily have 25 points tonight. But it was good ball of movement. He's. Um, when we move the ball and we we share the basketball, he's, uh, he's he can get a lot of easy buckets for us. On the screen and rolls, yeah, he's done obviously work well for all the throughout the years. Is it something been a little bit of a struggle or an adjustment with him doing with another partner out there? No, I, I think you know I think it's you know, the, depending on what teams do. You know, we just have to move the ball. I don't care really who gets the shots. I just want to make sure they're good shots and. You know, we're spreading the offense around 12 shots, 11 shots, 8, 7, 7 are starting, are starting 5. And you can ask any of one of those guys, they don't care. They just want to make sure it's good basketball, good possessions. 
And I thought they did that tonight. Scott, you talked about the, some defensive lapses. What have you think overall about the team's defensive assistance uh, with well, we, we started the second quarter, into the first quarter, and the start of the, the fourth quarter. We just we got to stand in front of the basketball. We can't gamble and try to get points off of our defense, uh, off of a steal, a gamble steal. It's play solid, play solid defense to make them miss a shot. If you get a steal in our shell, that's great. But if you don't, you got to make them miss shots. They can't, they can't just keep dribbling around you and expect to keep playing. But uh, I thought our, I thought our first unit came in and did a good job throughout, the, throughout the game tonight. What was different about your defense against Boyan? This game compared to the last two, when you had some success against you guys. Well, we, last game he got free on a lot of our curls, and we 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 put a lot of pressure on our bigs to help out. And I thought David did a terrific job. Uh, March started it, and Jan did a good job of, in, in that first half, and we came back in the second third or the second half and did the same thing. It's uh, Boyan's good. We know that. We've, we've had him. Um, he makes tough shots, and he made a couple of tough shots tonight, but we didn't give him the easy shots like we gave him last a couple of weeks ago. Coach, why do you think the bench team does struggle a little bit? Well, I think it's uh, you got to focus on defense, bottom line. You know, if you focus on offense, the ball gets sticky, the game doesn't reward you. I thought I thought tonight we were looking for shots instead of looking for stops, and it's, it's simple. You look for, we look for stops, you can get shots. And if you think the other way around, you're just hoping that they miss, and you're hoping that you make. Welcome back to The Focus. Uh, thank you guys for who, that did tune in at the beginning of the show. If you just tuned in, you missed a great segment with uh, Chris Martin. Um, right now, uh, Scott Brooks just finished talking. This was after the Pacers win. So... Weekly Wizard segment begins. Cardell, you were at the game right. on Saturday. I was not. You and Jarrell were. So you want to share your thoughts from that one? I mean, they got a much-needed win. It was a tough one. Um, they had to get that win. It was. Um, they both retired in the series, season series, and they needed that to get the uh, tiebreaker in case they finished tied, you know, for possibly home court. Because they fighting right now with the Cavs for a 3 4 five. Mm-hmm. Um, You know, especially after the beating they took the game before at home. You know, it was kind of like, man, you know, we hope we can deliver. But... Um, they did. They beat the Pacers 109-102. Um, um, they held the Pacers to 45% shooting, which was much better than the last game. Um, they finished with nine steals. And then um, they dished out a team, you know, team well, game high 29 assists. Uh, I think the Pacers had 20. When they win, that's when their assist totals around that. You, you notice when they win because, you know, every, that means everybody clicking. Uh, and they held Victor Oladipo to 18 points on 7 to 16 shooting. Um, he ate them alive in that last game. Um, truth be told, it would have been a blowout if it wasn't for Lance Stevenson. He came off the bench with 25. And also, um, I, I think Gortat, the days off, did him well because he looked like Gortat, you know, when he's playing well, he had a great game. He was actually the X Factor um, on both hands, honestly. Uh, Al Jefferson got started. I think he scored eight of the Pacers' first points, and I'm just like, man, here we go, you know. <laughs> but um, he, he got, got in him on defense and battled him, and you know, he contained him, and then he delivered his performance. He had 18 points of 6-8 shooting, 8 rebounds and 4 assists. And that's kind of a good slump. You know, he'd been in the slump for a while. You know, it's just like, come on, go tell you yeah, to the point where Brooks had to sit him, you know, and keep Mahimi out there or go small with Mike Scott and and, um, and keep Morris, man. So that was a good, you know, it, it was good seeing that he has an animal, but he can, if he has rest. I, but back-to-backs and stuff, I'm not so sure, man, because like I said, when father time hits, it hits. And – and that hit him hard in the different, you know, times this season. 
Uh, Marquis Morris, he's another player that's been consistent on on offense. You know, efficient shooting, 15 points, 6 of 11, 11 shooting, 2 of 5 from deep. Bill added 19 points and 6 assists. Sato, he posted 12 points, 8 assists, 5 rebounds. And Kelly Oubre came off the bench with 16. It was a, it was a nice all-around win for the Wizards. It wasn't just one guy that just took it on. It was a nice little group effort. And they needed that win to stay in the races. Had they lost, then they would have been battling like the Sixers and the Bucks, you know, the, the lower tier and their standings, and they don't want to be in that mix. And, you know, definitely try to get home court, you know, at least for one round. It could buy a wall time to get his rhythm. Even right. when he come back, he still got knocked the rust off. And, and it's going to be vital, man, because the Pacers – um, they got the win, but the Pacers had, didn't have Miles Turner. Sabonis didn't play either. So, um, you know, they were wounded, but so we. So, whatever. You know, it is what it is, man. Get the win by any means necessary. Anybody going to feel sorry for you, especially at this point in the season. It's basically yeah, playoff time. Exactly. So, they did what they needed to do. Um, I, they, they just got to stay consistent, man. Keep the turnovers low. You know, when they, when they lose – the turnovers are high and yeah. assists are low. <laughs> yeah. It's real. It's real. It's not really complicated, man. And it, and it affects their defense because they get frustrated in the offense, and then next thing you know, guys no having wide open layups. Yeah, it just get ugly after that. So as long as they just stay focused and play within themselves, they could be fine and keep buying. And I mean, the more they win, they buy a wall more time where he can take his time coming back. That's the beautiful, beautiful thing. So when he comes back, like you said, he gonna have a lot of energy. He can be ready to go. You know what I'm saying? It's just about getting this rhythm and knocking the rust off. And that's the part I think people should be encouraged by if you're a Wizards fan. If you're an opposing team in the East, that is something you have to consider is their best players going to have fresh legs for the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're, we're, we're less than 13, 14 games left now. This is officially the home stretch of the regular season. Um, you talk about the win over the Pacers. They got a big one tomorrow night. Spurs. The Wizards do against the Spurs. who beat the Warriors the other night. Um, and as Octavia said, yeah, I know the Warriors were missing a bunch of people that mattered. Doesn't matter. They've been without Kawhi all year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so Yeah, Lamarcus is holding it down for them. Yes, he has. Tony been in and out. Young Bucks, DeJounte, Mobley, yeah, he been they've been in and out. Bertans, you know, San Antonio's done what they do best. Next man up to to a whole different degree. So the Wizards are gonna be a tough game on the road tomorrow night, but they still need to take care of business because when they get back home, uh, you got three games in five days starting this weekend. Um, so you can't afford to drop any big games now because if I'm if I'm any team in the East, the last team I want to draw in the first round are them Sixers. I want to avoid yeah. them at any cost. And I know that sounds kind of crazy to some folks. It doesn't. The last thing you want it doesn't. <laughs> is, is, is those little kids because Ben and JoJo care not about who you are at all or what it is that you're doing. It's going to take a lot to beat them. Yeah, because they're going to go hard. And right now, the way it's looking, if they get out the first round, they're going to meet Kat, they um, LeBron in the second round. So you don't want to be tired dealing with that monster, boy. So especially with Kevin Love back. Yeah. You know, and, and, and I tell people all the time, it's not LeBron that kills the Wizards. He's going to do what he do. Love. It's Kevin Love, man. He, he's the X Factor. You load up on LeBron, next thing you know, He's wide open in the corner, right. knocking down a three. Like he you always switch is. everything. Next thing you know, loves banging out your guard on the block. He getting the easy two. Oh, you know, so yeah. I mean, it's gonna be tough, but definitely encouraged by the job the Wizards have done with John out, um, and they've grown as a team. You and know, sh- they- and shout out to Scott Brooks, man. Yes. Don't get enough credit. That that play, I was actually at the gym watching it uh, against the Celtics. 
when they came back, that yeah. last play with uh, Jody oh, yeah. Meeks. It was a beautiful play. Hit that three. I'm like, right. that's a hell of a set. That's scouting right there. That's knowing that seeing, oh, all right, this is how we could beat it. Yeah, Otto, if you ain't open. And, and Marcus Moore is still right there. It worked perfect, man. Yeah, and and all made it right read. to try to go block the exactly. layup. I was like, and and what are you doing? And when he got there, he realized, oh, oh. man. <laughs> no, nah, actually, he ain't even trying to block the layup. He was, he was just said that he just didn't move. He was, it was, a, it was kind of like a zone out of bounds defensive play, and he stayed there. His problem was he forgot who was behind him. I don't even think he really took a picture of everybody around. I think he was so focused on the ball no. and yeah, Bill he was, and Porter. Yeah, he turned his head. Yeah. Whatever, like that. So, um, and, and then he had a Marquise. I thought I believe was taking the ball out. Marquise could have could have ran out of bounds quickly yeah. to the corner. So I think he was more watching him. He forgot about Meeks. You know, so it was a hell of a play, and then Meeks knocked down that shot. I think that boosted them to get that win over the Pacers. You know, a few days later, like he, he's doing an excellent job because the season could have went to hell without Wall. You know, especially Quickly. when yeah. So we be talking about potentially finding another coach, especially in this wonderful city in which people <laughs> don't overreact at all. <laughs> yes, that's sarcasm. All right, so the Wizards are forty and thirty on the year. Mm-hmm. They're twenty and fifteen on both the road. And at home, obviously, you need to be a little bit better at home in playoff time. But I'm going to give him a little bit of a, uh, you know, a little bit of an out here, just because missing John is kind of a big deal. Right. And you know, to the whole, they're better without John Crowd. Y'all are very yeah, quiet. Let's, yeah, let's go um, ahead. Nonsense. Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> leave that in the past, yeah, guys. Hey, look, I want to leave it in the past, but it was just, it was so no, loud. It, was it really it was, so was crazy. And it's just like, how could you look at them? Even when they're winning, I'm looking, and the only thing I could think of, I was like. Man, I can't wait till John gets back. So, That's why like, Tom, Tomas gets to play that Sean Livingston role, and you get to have fun things. I can't wait to see what fun small ball lineups you get to see in the playoffs when John gets <laughs> back. So sometimes, you just, as a team, you just got to block out outside yeah. noise, man, because that don't even make sense. And, and then, I give them credit, too. They've and done then you see job. Bill after the ball's game, you're like, man, I need John to hurry up. Because <laughs> it's not easy playing that leading role. Like, like the role Bill has to play, Wall was ha- had to do that from day one. It's, that's not an easy role. You got to play. <laughs> you got to guard all these crazy point guards in the league, and still dish out twenty, ten, and five. Watch two teams steals. defensively load up on you. Exactly, mm-hmm. and, st- and bring that every night. Eighty-two games. It's not easy, man. And people take it for granted because they're not out there. But Bill, I think this stretch made Bill appreciate him. But in a sense, Wall sit down makes him appreciate his teammates. Like, all right, I got help. Right. I don't really have to. I can focus on other things. I don't have to do it all myself no more. And so I think it's just going to make them stronger if they handle it right and they come in and they blend quickly, which I don't think would be a problem. And, and you know, it's, it should be fun, man. It should be a fun play. Like I said, they're in the mix, you know, to possibly battle to come out of the E. They're in that mix because even though Cavs got LeBron, they got the pedigree, you know, they still got a, a lot of unproven pieces that they brought in. Mm-hmm. And then look at their coaching and then look at their coaching situation with Lou. You don't know how that's going to affect them. So it. It's right there. And the Raptors, I know they winning and stuff, but I got to see it in the playoffs. Like, I, like I love the Rosen. That's what I'm saying. And then, you know, that well, comment the Rosen said last year. I was about to say, yeah. I mean, you, you can't they let got LeBron. You can never mean, leave. That one for, yeah, you can never let that one go. Nah. <laughs> I mean, look, these are all valid points, and this is why we felt the way we felt at the beginning of the season, mm-hmm. where, you know, we don't mind reminding folks that we, we, we said at the beginning of the season, we felt like this team was capable of coming out of the East. Um, and we met that. We still believe that at this time. Um, and, you know, we finally get a chance. We're almost here to see what, you know, this season is essentially going to find out what this season comes down to. This is, yeah. During this era of Wizards, this, since Warren got there, this is their best chance outside of that year when he broke his wrist yeah. with Paul Pierce mm-hmm. when they had a chance to be there. I was just about to bring that up. Yeah, mm-hmm. they would have got to the Eastern Conference. This is their best chance. This is their mm-hmm. best team since then. And, they, and they're young, like Bill, 23, Oubre, 21, 22, Porter's 23. 
Sado came, he played OC, he stayed OC, but he 25. Wall just 26, 27. They're young. It's a young core, and everybody, when they lose, every time they lose, blow up the team. Trade everybody for Anthony Davis and stuff. I'm like, man, look, man, I got to relax. You got to let them go through this. Like, just like, what's it called? We waited for a bunch of years where, you know, the Clippers supposed to be the end-all, be-all in the West. Quietly go to state, drafted, let that run its course. Mm-hmm. And next thing you know, boom, the West got a whole new problem with their hands because they didn't panic. They let them grow. And you got to let stuff be sometimes. But that's our Wizards segment for this week. As always, get over to findersmag.com. Get over to mymindonsports.com for your Wizards coverage, amongst many other things here. But you're watching The Focus. We're going to take a quick break. During the break, we got some of uh, the final high school boys and girls rankings. Mm-hmm. So I hope you guys uh, take those in. And when we get back, rapid fire. You are watching The Focus. All right, folks. The final high school boys and girls rankings of the year. That was what was just up on the screen. Okay, guys. We are here at the, that time of the show. Uh, no guests is allowed to enter and leave without participating in rapid fire. Only one person has the questions, and <laughs> lucky us, we get to see what they are. So, how we're we gonna do this? Carter asked the questions. We're gonna go around the room in an orderly fashion. We'll start with Octavia, then you, Chris, myself, and we'll repeat until we're uh, let out the torture chamber. Memphis legend uh, Penny Hardaway is the new coach at Memphis. Uh, he replaced Tubby Smith. Uh, but how do you think he will fare? I think he'll be, I mean, I think he'll be good. I think it's a good move for them as an organization as far as, you know, a business standpoint um, to have him back there. Uh, but it, to me, it's still kind of up in the air. I just really want to see how he, you know, gets players to believe in his program, how he gets players to come to the school to play, you know, play for him. Um, you know, I don't know because I feel like this age group, they don't really know, like, Penny. Like, they don't really know know him. So, uh, I think it's a good move. I'm just kind of interested to see how it's going to work out. Cool. Um, playing at Marshall, um, I was in Conference USA when Memphis was in Conference USA. So, they were like a powerhouse back then. Like, they were top 25 every year. But they had a lot of talent from Memphis. So, uh, maybe Penny Hardaway being a, a Memphis product, they can get back to getting those top players in Memphis because they, they do produce, you know, a lot of talent out there. Um, I think just his name alone will, will get those players back. And, uh, you know, I, I see players buying into to his program just, you know, off of respect. So I think he'll be fine. I'm, I'm with Chris and Octavia on this. Um, I'm not a big fan of how all this stuff went down because there's a whole lot of speculation in terms of how – Somebody lost their job for somebody to get their job. Um, but I know that's not the question you asked. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I felt like it was right to touch on it. Um, with Penny, uh, look, man, you're a black coach. It's uh, college sports. Uh, all that wonderful stuff that has been shared, I do agree with. You're on the clock. Um, you're going to have to produce. Um, obviously, I do think his name is going to help put butts back in those seats. Mm-hmm. Um, but even on recruitment, it's more than recruitment. You guys are going to have to win. So I'm, I'm just here to see how this turns out. I got one more thing on that. I ain't, I ain't like what Tubby Smith said about transfers, too. Me being a, a transfer, uh, talking about, like, how uh, I guess he saw this week was, you know, a bad move or something like that. So, you, you never know what people are going through. Um, it, like, that college basketball really affects – just being an athlete in general really affects your mental. You know, I know I had a lot of down times um, when I was a, an athlete. So, yeah. 
I mean, I, I could piggyback off that. Um, yeah, you're right. I, but I think he was more talking about the kid. Like, it's different situations where people Definitely. transfer. Definitely, yeah, I agree. So I think he just more talking about the kids. Like, um, look, man, uh, you you can get playing time, but earn it. And right. they like, man, they come in thinking they supposed those type of kids. I think he more focusing on those. Well, but kid. if you transfer and whatever, like some they transfer sometimes because they graduated early or right, you know. Um, they might transfer early because a family member where they're from died right, exactly. or something. It changes their whole life. They got to be close to home. I mean, it's all typical. But all the kids that transfer, it ain't just because, you know what I'm saying, like for serious reasons. Some of them are just running. Right. And that's why I think he's addressing the runners. But mm-hmm. for me, for, for as far as Penny, I think he going to attract the kids because what a lot of people don't realize, he was coaching um, Team Penny on a EYBO circuit. Definitely. So he already got the pipeline. That's part of the reason why they said, you know, they didn't want Tubby back. And why some people feel like he was undercut because a lot of the top kids in Memphis weren't coming to Memphis because they played for Penny. Mm-hmm. And they be like, they, they, you know, they saying, well, Penny held him back because he wanted the job. So he already got that on lock. They going to definitely come. And nationally, they know because his team Penny is playing against them. Yep. So you see it firsthand when you, you know, the opposing guards or whatever center, the opposing teams, the defenses, whatever, the offensive sets that he's putting to try to beat you. So you kind of got an idea. Plus, he also got the NBA pedigree and all that. Like they know who he is, man. Like, mm-hmm. he, yeah, you, you when you when you, NBA, anything NBA associated with you is going to kind of give you a leg up. Right. But like y'all said, in game you got to get it done. X's mm-hmm. and O's, and we won't know till we know. Mm-hmm. And same thing like with Big Pat and everything like that. We mm-hmm. won't know till we know. So that's the only thing. Because if he not winning, like say he might get a strong recruiting class next couple of years, but they they going like eight and twenty six or something. <laughs> not gonna happen. <laughs> yeah. That class not gonna be there anymore. So you know, just give it time, and you know, we'll see what happens. Um, um, my next question is, uh, you know, Kyrie's been out, Elony. Uh, MRI said he has no structural damage, but now it's saying he wants to get a second opinion because he's still not feeling right. Are you concerned about? Not just him, but the Celtics overall. Yeah, because it's not like he's the only one that's injured right now. Of course, he's the main person that they're worried about. But, I mean, all the injuries that they've suffered in the past week and a half or two weeks, however long it's been between him, Smart, uh, Jalen Brown, you know, everybody that's getting injured and even, you know, go all the way back to the first game of the season with Gordon Hayward. You know, so it's definitely of concern. And I feel like, you know, of course I don't know Kyrie personally, but I feel like he's the type of player that wouldn't just sit out because he can't. I don't feel like he's the type of player that would just sit out to rest just, you know, because like we, we talk about, you know, certain players that, that do that, but a lot of times those are more players that are a little bit older. Kyrie to me, you know, he's still young. Um, so I feel like he has that fight in him where he wants to play. And I think the reason he's getting a second opinion is because he, he really wants to play and he's trying to figure out what's going on. And of course he doesn't want to, you know, injure himself to the point where he's not himself going forward for the rest of his career. But um, I definitely think it's cause for concern. Um, they were doing well. Um, you know, they're playing tonight without him again. Uh, so, you know, it, it's definitely a concerning for the entire organization. Yeah, uh, it's definitely concerning. Um, there was a lot of hype for the Celtics going into the season. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> I mean, like, Kyrie, you know, he made a bold move uh, asking for the trade request. So, you know, I I, uh, I think his mental it, – it'll, it'll affect his mental just – you know, hey, I want to get out of here. I, I want to go to a better place. Now, now he's hurt. You know, approaching playoffs, so um, it's definitely concerning. But um, like, like she said, you know, uh, Kyrie, he'll bounce back. He wants to play. Uh, that's the vibe we all get from him. So, um, but yeah, I'm definitely concerned. Yeah, it's definitely concerned as both Octavia and Chris shared. Uh, 
you lose Gordon Hayward, they're supposed to be, you know, the the top tier there one two punch. Mm -hmm. With uh, you know, you having the help from, you know, uh Jalen and Jason, uh you know, a, a, as extra firepower. Um Kyrie has one of the best point guards in the league going down. So it's a prime time player. Uh it's gonna be hard for any team to lose two guys of that caliber. Um and you know, my biggest thing is I just hope that the knee's all right. Uh, I hope he does get a second opinion. I hope they get to the root of what the actual problem is so they can go from there and figure out how to deal with it. Um, but, yeah, it definitely cause for concern. And I know Brad Stevens done a remarkable job dealing with, you know, Kyrie being out thus far, Jalen being out, and just Jason and some of the other guys. Marcus has been in and out of the lineup. Um, you know, it's an opportunity for Terry Rozier off mm -hmm. top. It comes to mind it's a big opportunity for you. Um, you know, he said you're looking for an opportunity and – you got you potentially have a big one on your plate, possibly being the Celtics starting point guard in the playoffs if Kyrie does not come back. But yeah, it got to be cause for concern. You were the number one seed right. at one point. Injuries have you no longer number one. Yeah, they was on like a, a 15 game winning streak in the beginning of the year, something like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm definitely. I'm with all y'all. It's a concern, especially being this close to yeah. the playoffs. Um, Twelve games out, and yeah. I'm looking at it with some alarming me. I'm gonna go get a second opinion. That means something ain't right with the communication, maybe between the team team mm -hmm. doctors and him. That's just you know that's on that's you know that's not or you know that's not the ordinary thing you hear. You know I know we've seen it with Kawhi this season a little mm -hmm. bit, but he's been out the whole year. This is different, and they need him to make any noise in the playoffs. They they have no they. I mean I love Rozier. He's promising. But he ain't ready for that prime time Kyrie. action. But we'll that's a different. <laughs> like you think the lead to the playoffs? That's a, <laughs> yeah. When everybody in kill mode, like it's like yeah, it ain't no game, love. ain't no nights off. Yeah, and coaches like, oh, you ain't playing today. And said, like we ain't got time. This game could cost us a series. It's just mm -hmm. as simple as that. So I like um, Rozier though. Oh no, I like him. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. He's good. Don't get he me wrong. He got some heart with him too. Mm -hmm. uh, man, you get all you want. <laughs> he got some heart with him. But when you you don't know, you don't know. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Nah, that's I, that's I the only part. But no, nah, he he. he, he Look, he gonna get paid. He yeah. gonna get that a nice bag. Yeah. So I'm, you know, he gonna be coveted. But you know, is it something like dealing with Ben Simmons or uh, he got a match with maybe Eric Bledsoe, Wall? You know, it's, mm -hmm. it's a different animal, man. So you know, I mean, I just hope he get healthy so we can really see the guys, you know, rumble right. like how it should be done. And, you know, that's that. Uh, my next question is uh, Trey Young declared for the draft. Not, not really too long after they lost in the tournament. Um, you know, you hear both sides. A lot of people don't think he's going to pan out. A lot of people think he will. Uh, what do you tell you? Um, what are your thoughts on him, you know, doing damage in the league? Well, I mean, I always wish everybody the best in their endeavors and everything. And I do think he will, you know, get there. I don't know if I'm, I'm sold that he's all the way there yet. I think it's a little early for me. I feel like he maybe should have did another year. But I get why he came out. The hype is strong now, you know, if it's any time to kind of go. I guess it would be now. Um, it is, to me, a little bit concerning the fact that he declared so soon right after the loss because it kind of makes me think, like, what's his head even in it anymore? You know, is he just like, you know, it is what it is. I had a great season, so I'm going to just go ahead and declare, not saying that that's what it is. But I would have liked to see him play another year, just me personally. But, I mean, one and done, that's what they're going to do. So Yeah, um, I, I think he had to leave, you know, uh, if – the longer you stay in college, the more they pick your game apart. And as Treason. as Oklahoma season, they really started picking Oklahoma apart, and they really started picking Trey Young's game apart. So um, that's first. Second, uh, he's talented. I mean, you led he led the league. I mean, led the country in scoring. He led him in assists too, right? That's that's hard. I mean, I, I know he had the freedom to do it on his team, but that's hard. That says a lot. Um, 
and he reminds me of Steph Curry in college, and he did it in the Big 12. I, it might be a little stretch. I'm not going to say he's going to be Steph Curry in the NBA, but the kid is talented. Um, I think when he gets some more size on him and he gets used to that NBA game, I think he'll be fine, honestly. I mean, Lonzo Ball, he's having an okay season. He's, <laughs> I mean, he's doing okay, but yeah, I, okay. I think – <laughs> he said it right, okay. He's having okay yeah, I forgot season. all about him, yeah. by the way. <laughs> LeVar been quiet. LeVar been real quiet. But I, I think, That's probably why I forgot. Okay. I, I think Trey Young can <laughs> – I think he'll be fine. <laughs> I wish – I think the kid would be fine. Um, yeah, you got to go. Like you said, the longer you stay in school, the more they pick your game apart, you lose your value. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we all knew he was here for a one and done to begin with, so I don't think it's a surprise. Mo Bamba also declared to no one's surprise as well. Um I'm probably cool off the Steph stuff. I get the similarities or whatever, but I'm cool off the Steph stuff. What I, I guess what I'm most impressed by was he led the country in assists. Um, I feel like that's part of the game that doesn't get talked about enough. I know, you know, he can shoot it from deep and all that stuff, but that's the part I think that's going to help you stay in the NBA, help you stay in the league even when you're struggling with your shot, is the fact that even if you're coming off the bench at the beginning of your career, you can run the team already. Like, that's what I'm impressed by. I think that's the things that's going to help steady him um, until he figures out with the physicality and even with NBA coaching, it, I don't think you're gonna get that green light you had in college initially in NBA. Definitely. So won't. The, the playmaking, <laughs> the playmaking is what you know. I, I'm impressed by uh, going to the next level. Um, I think I think he'll be fine eventually. I, I just tell people this: he's 18. What I'm 19. He's coming out of college as a freshman. What player that's entering the draft is a finished product? He's going to get better. Like yeah. you see what I'm saying? So he has weaknesses. He needs to get stronger. Um, I think that's why he kind of fatigued down the line you know, as the season went along and all that. Um, once he got on the NBA regimen, that that can be corrected. He can get better defensively and, you know, all that. A lot of people focus on what his flaws are and don't focus on what he can do. Right. That's good. You know what I'm saying? So in this wide open league where you really can't touch guys and stuff like that, his skill set would translate greatly. Now it depends on what team he goes to and their system and all that. You know, um, sometimes it's rocky at the beginning because a lot of coaches just have their set system, and you got to kind of fit in that right. instead of adapting your system to your talent. Mm-hmm. You need so, to go to the Knicks. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? I ain't. Like, Steve Nate talking about that earlier. Like, get yeah. Frank out of here. <laughs> like, either him or ideally go play next to Devin Booker, and y'all both shoot as much as y'all want in the wide open system. Y'all not going to win, but. You know. Yeah, 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 I don't know, but they, 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 they need you in the so West. Much. That's Y'all a not gonna win. Now. That's, a, that's a different animal in the West. I don't know, man. It's a different animal. Y'all's already getting smoked by forty. It's gonna be a long trip back and, to and, and especially Devin Booker coming up on it and contract. Yeah, he, I, I'm out of here. Right here. I, definitely, I'm tired of this, man. So, I mean, I, I think he, I think he'll be fine, man. It's just he, he, he just has to prove like every other basketball player. You know, once you get to NBA, everybody expects you to just be a finished product. No, you still have to keep working to get better. You know, maybe the hype was overblown, but, you know, he had to leave, man. He's a top ten pick. When you in that range, when you lottery, you got to go. Got to go. Okay, you can't so. wait. So, that's just a business decision. That's just being a smart business, man. You know, mm-hmm. get that guaranteed money because I, mm-hmm. I hate to break it up, but a couple years ago, Melo Trumbull, he – Hey, he'd have been in the first round. Yeah. That's a lot of names. Hey, Alex Mitch Boykers. McGarry. Mitch McGarry back. Look. <laughs> they went back and They went back. And they fighting to stay in the league ever since, man. So get in. Come on now. You get, thank you. So it is what it is. Uh, UNBC athletic director Tim Hall told ESPN that he intends to meet head coach Ryan Odom in the next day or two, armed with a long-term contract that includes a salary increase. That's within our realm, as he said. 
uh, <laughs> should owner res, uh, resign with those guys or move on to a bigger program? I mean, I guess it depends on what programs are looking at them. To me, so I feel like don't don't count your eggs before they hatch. So don't get too you know big for your britches before you find out who really 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 wants you. So don't get me wrong, it was an amazing game. It was a great win. It was something that's never been done before. So he's always going to have that pedigree with him. But you know, some people could could look at it as a a, a once in a lifetime thing. It happened. Like, are you really going to be able to produce like this on a higher level every night, every year? You know, back to back, and keep getting good kids in and keep keeping your program up. Um, so I, I think it depends on who's looking at him. I think he needs to take a, a seat down and figure out if there are any programs that are out there that are interested in him and see how he would fit in there before he decides what he's going to do. But, um, of course, the athletic director, they should be trying to keep him there. You know, at, at, at what he's done for them this past year, he, they need to. Like, it would be a slap in the face if they didn't. And then he should be looking to go somewhere. But um, I think it just depends on who's looking at him. All right, it definitely depends who's looking at him. Um, and like you said earlier with Trey Young, it's a business business decision. So if someone offers him that money and – And he feel like he can, <laughs> he feel he can like handle he can it. it. <laughs> Take it. But um, – just looking at history, you know, a lot of small programs like that that might have like a Cinderella run or, you know, they usually don't have those type of runs again the following year. So um, I would say UMBC is right for keeping them there, and uh, I think he should definitely look into staying there and just, you know, building a program, just building some consistency, you know, uh, getting to the tournament every year, you know, just being, a power, just being that power team in that conference. I mean, it depends on how, how what he wants his legacy to look like. He want to build a program and, and be known for not only just that one win and, like Chris was mentioning, you know, turning UNBC, UNBC into something a little bit bigger, um, something that lasts for a while. Or same time, as you said, as a businessman, you're a coach. You, you have the freedom players don't have. Go cash out. Even if you fail at the next level or the next stop, you're going to get your money either way. So I'm not knocking you either way. I mean, you know, so UConn, what's up, man? UConn what? UConn, y'all trying to hire him? Y'all looking for a group, I'm just saying. I'm good off that. I know, man. I'm good. Hey, look, there's levels to everything and not being disrespectful. (laughs) Stay where you're at, and we keep it moving. Stay in Baltimore, man. Stay in Baltimore. Don't come to Connecticut. We ain't trying to have it out there. Okay, I got you. You're in Baltimore. Somebody else offers you. Let that be the case. I know nobody in stores is offering you, so I'm not worried about that. So, Cardell, that's that's wrong. That's (laughs) Unnecessary. <laughs> came from a petty place. <laughs> really I'm trying to help you out, man. God. <laughs> no, you're See, not. Hey, look. I am, dog. You know who needs to be worried? Rhode Island need to match that early money, or he can come on down. I'm not worried about that. You're right about that too. Uh, hey, um, <laughs> as far as Odom, I, I would like to see him build something. I yeah. like. I just think it's something when you build something that somewhere where it's never been built before. Mm-hmm. Like you set your own mark. I think that's something special. Uh, like you say, um, with, with the state of college basketball now. Even though Lyles and all those guys are saying they're probably be, they're going to be leaving, I think like you said, like the transfer market, you can easily kind of just keep stay afloat if you get the right type of transfer, especially and in this area. Thank you. And yeah. then, like I was about to say, and then mm-hmm. you in the DMV, there's so many times. I tell I tell people this all the time. I didn't appreciate my college journey until I seen so many times kids never even make it to college right. from the high school, just covering high school here. And I'm like, man, he should definitely be in college. Never get a look college the coaches just didn't offer him nothing and it's just like man so it's so much talent here where if he recruits smart get the right type of kids he can you know what I'm saying do this do his damage in that league man and you know what I'm saying it's not like he in the ACC or something 
like you said, a couple horses. So I remember Lyles, he was at VCU early. And he was playing by, he was like, like you said, he was like third string. <laughs> and he see the floor. And then he, that's when he transferred. And look what happened. So they out there. He just, he probably got to look harder, you know, but that's part of the job, man. You know what I'm saying? And they definitely going to be interested because of the run they just had. Mm-hmm. So they yeah, know he can coach. ain't got to look that hard no more. Mm-hmm. But exactly. If anything, that was the greatest advertising effort mm-hmm. this it's, year that just happened. Definitely. Exactly. Look at VCU now. Everybody yeah. know what VCU is. But nah, before, Shaka, I, yeah. I know Anthony Grant got it started, but Shaka took it to the next yeah, level. Mm-hmm. It was not, look, VCU was not on anybody's radar like that. Not even around here. Mm-mm. Nah. So nice. they went to the Final Four and then Shaka crazy on the sideline. He a cool coach to play. But then, the Travion grounds come and all that, man. Come on. So, hey, it, it is what it is. Man. I just like to see him stay and do that. And then down the line to be time for that. All right, we're going to say last question you got. Here's uh, a controversial one. Uh-oh. Let's Uh-oh. A little controversy. Uh, uh, <laughs> Ray John Rondo says he doesn't have a problem with Ray Allen. <laughs> uh, Rondo says, man, he just won attention. The only pub I've been hearing about is when he mentions my name as far as this new book coming out. I just want to talk to a man to man. I don't have a problem with the man. I'll be the fall guy, but damn. Now you in the book talking about this and that. And for me as a teammate, I probably supported Allen more than anybody on the team. All the stuff he had going on in the ball, I wasn't mad that he went to Miami. Uh, my question is, should these guys just talk and bury the hatchet or, uh, you know, just kind of keep their distance? I think a little bit of both. I think they should talk, bury, bury the hatchet. And if they decide not to be cool like that or, you know, need to be around each other, that's perfectly fine. Um, but, you know, they have history together. It's not like they just played on the team together. They won a championship together. You know, they've spent a lot of time together. So I, I do think it would be nice for them to bury the hatchet. Um, I think Rondo, I think he wilding a little bit. Tell him he wasn't mad when he left because he was, you know, because he made that known. I don't know why he's trying to say he, he's not mad now, but <laughs> – can't backtrack, but um, like everybody has said today, it's a business. He he had to do what he had to do for himself, and you know, it's hard for Rondo to sound credible with some of the things because of the other things that has gone on in his career after he's left Boston and all these other places that he's been. So it's kind of hard for him to you know try to make it seem like he wasn't an issue or he doesn't have an issue with him. Um, but whatever it is, you know, I hope as two grown black men, they can, you know, talk it out and get it and get it over with. And if they decide not to be cool, that's fine. Um, I think they should. Uh, they really should. Uh, they should make up, figure it out, figure out what's going on. Uh, I think it's a little immature to go back and forth in the media. I think Ray Allen shouldn't have even put that in the book. Honestly, uh, I think it's just a bad, just a bad look. And like you said, they're champions, so. They're going to honor that championship later again, so Perhaps. they're going to they're going to have to be in the same place at some point in time. So, you know, let's just be adults about it. Let's figure it out, talk it out, and let it go. You know, Ray Allen made his decision. It was years ago. It's a whole different era in the league. And no disrespect, nobody's even really thinking about y'all anymore. So, yeah. What is all? Oh, uh, I mean, they're not going to be friends, so. We can and it's the, fine. There's nothing wrong with that. You're not going to be friends with everybody. Like, I agree with you guys. Just, <laughs> just stop the talking through the media. Like, I feel like y'all both know it is, it's, it's not going to come to a know place of anything else. So just yeah. go on about your lives. Just stop with the open talking in the media. I mean, I, 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 like, you, like, I like what he said, man. All of um, even KG and Paul Pierce yeah. in the mix, man, Doc. I think it was just a lot of immature stuff going on behind the scenes with that. That wasn't even necessary. And... It should have been more focused on let's get as many championships as we can with this window that we have. Yep. 
instead of all the nonsense and stuff like that. And um, he was mad. A lot of them guys was mad that Ray Allen left. You know, I definitely went back and read and stuff like that on what really happened because some stuff you could forget about. Um, it wasn't just Rondo. It was, I mean, everybody had beef with Rondo. He was just young and mature at that time. And obviously, he's mature because he was facing situations like from Dallas and stuff like that where you about to be about to leave if you don't mm-hmm. calm down. He had it. So, I mean, I'm just keeping it a buck, man. They was getting rid of him for nothing. So, um, you know, he was a little immature and stuff like that. You know, some of the stuff you hear, like, man, I carried y'all to a championship. Like, what, what man? You, you, <laughs> you Come on, bro. Like, chill. You know, and but it, it's it, – all it goes back to is stupid ego. Mm-hmm. I mean, like the ego, and, and what is it, pride before destruction? Yeah. And that's what ultimately played a part. Now, I mean, at first it looked like Ray Allen just went to Miami because they had a better chance of winning the championship. But in reality, um, he left because Doc kind of gave Avery Bradley the spot because they couldn't come to an agreement where upper management as far as resigning Ray Allen. Ray Allen won a certain amount of where he felt he was old. And they like, we're not about to do that because you're declining, you older and stuff like that. So that's what management do. They'll put a young player up in your spot. Yeah. So he like, oh, y'all like that? Okay, I'm going to go to our enemy and then we're going to see what's up. And and that's what it was. But I don't think the players knew. So right. to them, it's just like, yo, you just dipped like that. And mm-hmm. then that's what caused the riff and everything. And naturally, if you go on a war with your guy and these are the guys trying to knock you off, it's going to be better because you went to the enemy. Right. So, But like I said, it goes back to being men and talking. All you had to do is put a call in, because you know how that would be perceived. Like, yo, look, this was going on. This is what I got to do. They may not like it, but they got to respect it. Mm-hmm. Or they could have went up there and fought like, yo, yo, hey, man, y'all need to sign my guy. Like, yeah. what are y'all doing? Y'all need to sign my yeah. guy. You know what I'm saying? Like, with Jordan Layton, with the Bulls, he like, if y'all don't bring back Phil and, and Scotty, I'm out. All right, man, let's do it one more time. That's I mean, sometimes you got to do that. But somebody had to communicate that to Jordan to understand, so that he knows what's going on. Right. They didn't do that. They handled it all around like little kids and, and to a certain extent, and, and 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 it's still going on. Now, to Rondo's credit, obviously he's grown because I remember on TNT they were still talking about it, and Rondo didn't even get in the conversation about Ray. He just kept – he was just quiet because he already knew, like, he ain't wanted to play in the media. But come on, man, like, just, just drop it because down the line when y'all old, they're going to bring y'all back to honor. Definitely. The whole team need to be there. Because yeah. sooner or later, y'all going to see some guys not going to be there. God going to take them away. And then that's when y'all going to realize, man, we had a special time. It was a run. We we brought some, we brought that Celtic pride back. And we was, we was a part of something beautiful. It's bigger than us. So why wait all that time when y'all can just embrace that right now? You're right. And we want to thank Chris. We want to thank you for coming in, man. Truly appreciate, appreciate it. it. Thanks uh, for having as me. As always. Thank you guys for watching and listening. We'll see you guys next week on The Focus.